0: Recently, the Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Brownsville, Mario A. Abiles, conducted a blessing ceremony for a new humanitarian respite center in downtown McAllen. The Public Information Director for the Diocese, Brenda Riojas, introduced some of the dignitaries present. This is what it sounded like. Joining us on this uh, special feast day of
1: Pentecost, the birthday of the church, actually. It is also now a five-year anniversary of the Respite Center. It was uh, five years ago, around the 9th and the 10th, when Sister Romovim and then picked up the phone and asked the Father at Sacred Heart Church in McKellen if she could borrow her from his parish hall for a few days. And here we are five years later in a new location, closer now to the uh, bus station. And so I want to welcome everyone for coming, and especially those who have taken their time, some of our uh, special elected officials, Mayor Jim Garling, who is here, who will be saying a few words. And of course, our auxiliary bishop, Mario Áviles, who has been at several celebrations today, so thank you for joining us, bishop. And we also have uh, State Senator, Chumy Pinojosa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> City Manager Roy Rodriguez, and Judge Fernando Mancias. And each of you, again, have helped in one way or another. And we do thank all the members of the media because you've helped to share the stories and put a human face on those who have been helped here.
0: And we have an incredible community. Some McAllen residents claim that by assisting the asylum seekers, McAllen is effectively becoming a sanctuary city. Steve Taylor asked Senator Juan Hinojosa about the issue of McAllen becoming a sanctuary city.
2: One of the complaints that was made of the city is that in some way uh, this proves the city is a sanctuary city. You've dealt with that legislation on that score. Tell us the, the, the real facts there. Does
0: uh, this yeah,
2: make McAllen a sanctuary city?
0: Uh, you know, sanctuary cities, they, they, uh, it's it just a uh, political terminology is used for political purposes. I don't think sanctuary cities uh, are here in McAllen, the Valley, or any place in the United States of America. Uh, It's a political term that's used to uh, as rhetoric and campaigns to bring out the worst in people. The reality is there are no sanctuary cities. We're all in this together. We all have to work together. Uh, We are a great country uh, and we're better than that than to start calling certain states, certain cities, certain community sanctuaries and pitting them against other communities uh, who Maybe are not classified sanctuary cities for political purposes. MacAllen Mayor Jim Darling emphatically denies that McAllen is a sanctuary city. I
3: don't want to hear any stuff about sanctuary
2: cities. That's that's pretty ridiculous. But it's been used in a political campaign, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, uh, if you watch, whoever's going to drop them off here at Hackberry, those are federal employees dropping them off. So this is an extension of the federal services, Border Patrol, CBP. You know, we're on. We're working with CB. Our Police department actually houses federal prisoners under
2: contract.
3: Under uh, contract, we go. I go to briefings with uh, Chief of Border Patrol pretty frequently. Uh, we meet with CBP once a month uh at the bridges in fact you know I, I'm going to tell a little story our, our bridge in Hidago is choked down to one lane southbound because we have adult uh people primarily from Cuba and some from Venezuela but adult males that go breach the security of the bridge by going Across um, against traffic, if you will, a dangerous situation. We've had a work. We've worked with the federal government to stop that. We've we've we at our city costs constructed barricades both here and at Enzo duis Bridge and at Iowa Bridge, and we still are down to one lane. I, I thought, you know, um, it, uh, we even offered to arrest people doing that because uh... we,
2: we they think it's a photo across, or, t- or driving across against they're walking
3: the across Some are driving across but the ones that do us drive across the ones at Hidalgo walk run across they jump over barriers you know we said we would love to do that if they w- if we would arrest them if they in fact um... would do something about deporting them to discourage that that activity because we're you know that's a uh, ten thousand people a day go through cars and pedestrians go across that bridge and we're choked down to one lane because of that and you know and um, federal government kind of said we can't do anything about that and so, so it's re- almost like a reverse deal if you ask you, me so you requested those lanes be closed no they did they did they but did you
2: obviously agreed. they did
3: to stop the illegal entry from yeah. coming across and I, when I say illegal entry what happens is as soon as you get across the bridge American side the border you're eligible for asylum and so they have a system now at the bridge where they say here's a number come back in a day or two or three or whatever it is and so they hold them in Reynosa and that works for family members well the adult males didn't want to do that so they were breaching the bridge and saying i'm here you have to do it and cutting in line if you will much more that's that's kind of a nice way of saying it cutting in line and so you know we're trying to prevent that and, and the, we cooperate with the federal government but by the same token we're now our bridge is down to one lane I mean, think about the wait times and all the commerce Ten thousand people a day and we're sunk down to one lane and on the north side we even put a booth on them so they could keep them Northbound traffic. So uh, you know, when people say you're a sanctuary city, I say you know, the, is that, that's so ridiculous of a statement. I, I didn't want to address it, but I mean, not only do we house federal prisoners in our jail under contract with the uh, government, we're actually trying to make sure that we ha- uh, we um, don't have that kind of illegal entry going on.
2: But a couple of weeks ago, yeah, your city uh, commission decided not to pass a resolution saying that you are not a sanctuary city. The opportunity, I think, you spoke about it in a workshop,
3: but yeah, it didn't go any further. I think, I think, you know, uh, the question is uh, not to make it more political than it already is. You know, and that and that's a problem. If we said, you know, if you, why do you have to pass a resolution if you're not? Okay, and so that just kind of feeds everything else. But, I mean, it, it's, to me, uh, the, the fact that if you stand out in front of here, the first load of people from Central America that will be dropped off here are going to be dropped off by the United States of America government asking for our help and getting them up to those where they're going along. If, if, any, if anybody still wants to say we're a sanctuary city, well,
2: God bless them. And then uh, one last question. So the bridge comments you just made a moment ago—that's what you were saying on KURV the other day. You yeah. Interviewed you about yeah. the asylum seekers. You wanted to talk about the bridge, but yeah. you didn't get an opportunity. I didn't get to talk. You know, and, and, and well, now that the
3: tariff on Mexico—it was—it was kind of uh, ironic. I thought that you know the president, and I understand the president's trying to do something, and Congress is sitting there. Even when he had a Republican-controlled Congress, he couldn't get it done. You know, and. and that's Congress's problem. So I just thought it was ironic when he said, I'm going to slap a tariff on Mexico just make sure they can control their southern border when we can't even control one lane out of an international bridge. That's how complicated and, and it, that, that the problem is. And if Congress doesn't understand that, that we can't even control one lane on a bridge, no less making Mexico control the whole southern
2: border and something's wrong. And then one last question about this property. Is it the case now that you've purchased this? Now we we're in the process of purchasing
3: it. If we get the FTA money, Federal Transit and So it's dependent upon that. Yeah. And we're,
2: um, if not, you'll just lease it.
3: Yeah, we'll just lease it and figure out what we're going to do next.
2: When does the new uh, respite center that they're building, the Catholic Church is building? About 18 months.
3: So that will solve all that problem. So hopefully we won't have to be here 18 months, but if we are, that's fine too. What do you idea. think you'll do
2: with this after that? this issue?
3: Well, we'll as move as all? all the transit people over here, hopefully have a downtown division. You know, We still think our downtown is valuable, and this will be a great location for that, and then we'll just figure out what else to do. I don't think we'll ever open up there be a bar again, but we'll do, We'll figure it out.
0: Mayor Darling says that the city of McAllen is now leasing the Respite Center location, but is in the process of obtaining federal funds to purchase outright the Downtown Humanitarian Respite Center. Steve Taylor also spoke to the director of Catholic Charities, Sister Norma Pimentel, about the new respite center location.
2: How many um, um, asylum seekers have you been processing all the, since 2014? And how many did you expect at this new
4: facility? Well, you know, since 2014, we've gone beyond 150,000 individuals. Of course, half of those, if not more, are children, you know, because every parent comes with one, two, or three children. And so, uh, for 52%, for sure are our, our, our children under the age of uh, eight, well, mostly 10 years old or so, like that. Uh, here in this facility, the capacity is so big that uh, I think um, the sky's the limit right now but I'm sure that the city will definitely help ask me to keep it within the sort. Cert- I think it goes beyond a thousand so it's really a very large facility
2: so you could have up to a thousand or more
4: I'm certain that we could I think it we, if it missed the city codes so, for sure and I think that's where we are right now yeah
2: are you getting a lot of them these days because I know the Border Patrol was sending some to Harlingen
4: some yeah I think are- I think that they're doing their best to distribute them to a different places. and they're even flying them to San Diego so uh, I with the new uh, policies I'm sure that things will change like they have drawn the different years when when they implement a new policy and procedure that numbers drop you know but, but you know we're looking at possibly having the uh, uh, stay in Mexico policy going to effect here in the Rio Grande very soon and that may bring the numbers down for, for sure. Uh, but I don't. Uh, I continue. We will continue to provide this care if the families are here.
2: And uh, roughly, an average per day, how many are you getting at the respite centre? Right
4: now, we, it's pretty high. I think we're hitting almost 700 every day.
2: It's a lot of people to look after.
4: A lot of people to look after, and with the generosity and care and. Uh, uh, compassion of so many people that are not only just local from this community but from so many other parts of the United States that we're able to do that.
2: And I think it probably needs saying it more in the media than it has been that these um, asylum seekers have been brought to you by the federal government. People are saying, well, this is uh, this proves McAllen is a sanctuary city, Yes, on no, the contrary, this is... This we is are
4: th- simply, res- we are in the ground, we are responding to uh, the reality that we see here at the border and we work together as a, as a community, both the law enforcement, border patrol ICE, the city government, the churches, we come together. And, and, and working together to respond to the needs that we see before us here in the ground and so the families that we respond to are families that are being released by Border Patrol with ICE and that are allowed to continue that that legal process somewhere else in the United States so we actually form part of that next step so that these families are, are protected and they're guided so they can continue that process they need to follow up with and
2: you in your remarks today you make the point that this effort is multi-denominational I mean it's not just not
4: yes uh, uh, totally Uh, what we've done here in in McAllen Texas has uh, come together as a community I mean I'm talking about everybody we're talking every single faith denomination has been part of this effort every uh, uh, families uh, doctors lawyers Uh, Universities, law enforcement, everybody has been part of this effort in wanting to respond as a community. You know, it has never been just one person. This is not about just one entity, Catholic Church or anybody else. It's about us as a community.
2: And one last question about this facility. You're obviously very pleased. You're going to be able to 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 modify it with the with the the catering, the showers, uh, and really make it a pleasant environment for for. That's
4: my 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 hopes is to make sure that this space truly would be a place dignified for the families to be able to receive the care they need. Mm
2: -hmm. Before they go on.
4: Well, to their, their next journeys. journey, yeah. the final destination in their journey.
2: Good. Anything else you want to say?
4: I just want to say thank you to the so many people in, that, in our community here locally and throughout the United States who have stepped up and said, I care, I want to help, and and I say thank you to you. Thank you, Sister Norma.
0: That new Respite Center location in downtown McAllen is located across the street from the downtown bus station. It was recently dedicated, and that's what it sounded like.